This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by My Hockey Resource and Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Kurt Hill, General Manager and President of Hockey Operations with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Seeing success in the WHL as a player, he would eventually make the transition to university and force his way into the business of hockey. With time in Ottawa working business, he eventually made his way to more hockey-oriented roles, landing in his current position with Edmonton. With his experience, Kurt has learned a lot about the game and offers some quick hits packed with insight throughout today's interview. With that, I'm happy to present Kurt Hill. General Manager and President of Hockey Operations with the Edmonton Oil Team. As Hockey Minds, we're taking in a lot of NHL games left, right, and center lately. But this weekend, we're shifting gears, as the 55th Super Bowl is this weekend. And a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now and enter the free prediction challenge. Answer questions like, who will score last, and get ready to make it rain. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings. The official daily fantasy partner, a Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 
Today on the podcast, we're joined by Kurt Hill, General Manager and President of Hockey Operations with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Kurt, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting to get people from WHL on. It really is a league that, uh, to this point, I haven't covered as much as I'd like to. So having someone with your background and then a few other positions that you've been in um, is exciting to get on the podcast. So let's start off by just learning a little bit about you, including where you're from, and maybe talk about, uh, you know, growing up and playing sports throughout your youth. Yeah, so I grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I played in my entire, my entire minor hockey uh, in the north end of Winnipeg. I played kind of AAA, you know, growing up through the system for the Hawks there and ended up playing for the midget team, the uh, AAA Thrashers. I'm, I'm the same age as, uh, as Jonathan Tay, so he was kind of probably the notable player that in our age group out of Winnipeg that obviously went on to do amazing things, but... Uh, yeah, I guess through that, through my time in Winnipeg, ended up getting drafted to the Kelowna Rockets in the Bantam draft in the second round and um, ended up playing midget the year after that, obviously, because we have that year of layover before you can enter the league as a 16-year-old here out west. And uh, at 16, went into Kelowna and was uh, fortunate enough uh, to make the team and uh, start my journey in the Western League. Yeah, and it's always interesting too to hear that early involvement and Winnipeg is not an area where a lot of the guests have been from or Manitoba as well. So it's interesting to hear a little bit of insight on the hockey system. And, you know, when you're able to uh, grow up with a player like Jonathan Taze, that's definitely uh, something to aspire to and uh, maybe motivates you as a player and just to continue in the game. So uh, maybe just talk a little bit more about their playing career and uh, transition that into the opportunity to attend school at Waterloo. Yeah, for sure. So as I mentioned, I played my 16-year-old year in Kelowna. Um, Kelowna was coming off uh, winning the Memorial Cup the year before in, in Kelowna. So it was a pretty strong team I got to be a part of. And we went on that year. I didn't have a big part of it. I played only, you know, 30, 35 games that year. But the uh, uh, team ended up winning the championship and uh, get, got to go to the Memorial Cup in London that year, which was pretty, pretty amazing to be a part of. I mean, Sidney Crosby was there for Ramuski. You know, London had the, the superstar team with Corey Perry and, you know, all the notable players that were on that team. And, um, you know, one of our more notable players on our team was Shea Weber. So it was a pretty amazing Memorial Cup year in the fact that it was the NHL lockout year. So a lot of guys, even just that year in the Western League, a lot of guys that would normally have graduated and went on to the NHL were, were back playing in junior. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty special year. I, I played for Team West at the Under-17 Championship that year as well, and we ended up winning the gold medal in Lethbridge, which was an amazing, amazing experience to be a part of. And that kind of brings me back to that minor hockey roots in Winnipeg, where you know, my age group in, in Manitoba and even in Saskatchewan, when they paired us up for Team West, we had, we had a really strong age group. And to be able to go and be one of the team, only teams from Western Canada to uh, have won that event was was pretty special. So... That 16-year-old year, obviously moving away from home and, and having some of these neat experiences was a busy year. And ended up playing 17 in Kelowna, um, halfway in my 18-year-old season, and then was was traded to Regina, where I played uh, for the Pats for, for a year and a half. Um, and then once I got to my 20-year-old season, I just ran into, you know, too many too many 20-year-olds in Regina and ended up getting released by the club and uh, wasn't picked up in the rest of the league and got an opportunity through my uh, advising group to head down to Lincoln and, and try, try a year in the USHL, what I did and ended up having, having a pretty successful year down there. And uh, it was a very, really neat experience getting to see a whole nother, another part of the world. And obviously the Midwest primarily and 
just see how a, a whole nother league operates, which I think to this day has, has given me good insights on, you know, what, what that league is all about as well. And, um, and that kind of led me into university starting to talk to me and, uh, moving into my uh, time at Waterloo. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it sounds like you had a, a, definitely a great start there and obviously a successful junior career, eventually moving to the USHL. But I mean, anytime you can be, you know, around players, like you said, a Shea Weber or, uh, see the teams that you're playing against, you know, Sidney Crosby, Corey Perry with that London Knights team. It's uh, pretty remarkable the the amount of talent in, uh, in in just a few teams there. So um, great to hear that you had a positive experience playing in the WHL and in the U.S. And like you said, being able to see a few different places and interact with different people. But eventually you'd make your way to Waterloo and uh, look to play there and also attend school. So talk about that specifically, and then talk about the recreation and sports business program and, and what you learned during your time at the university. Yeah, you know, going to Waterloo, I was, I was really interested in sport management. I knew I wanted to work in the game one day. So I started when I was going through the recruiting process, you know, it was really primarily the program that I looked at as to where I was going to go and play hockey. And I kind of narrowed it down between Brock and Waterloo at one time. And I remember... I just had a really good relationship with the coach at Waterloo through the recruiting process. And even the coach at Brock was great. And I just, there was just something that pulled me towards, uh, towards Waterloo. And uh, I also had an ex teammate I played with in Kelowna there. That was my captain in Kelowna the one year, Chris Ray, who, uh, you know, was kind of a guy I looked up to a little bit and he went to Waterloo and was really had a lot of great things to say about the program. Now he was in environmental studies and I went into sport management, but uh kind of connected the dots a little bit in that sense um, of why I, you know, made that choice at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I can't, I don't have much, I, have, I don't have anything negative to say about my time in Waterloo. It was a fantastic experience. Um, you know, I've been back since the town's changed a lot from, from what it was. It's growing big time and, you know, almost becoming a little bit of a mini Toronto now, but when I was there, you know, it was a, it was a pure university town. It was, it was fun to just get out and, and see a whole nother area. I hadn't been in Eastern Canada too often and you know there was 20 teams in the league and getting to travel around and see a whole new perspective was great and you know the the level of hockey which you know in Canadian University hockey I don't think people give a lot of credit um, to it and it's you know it's one of the best hidden leagues that there is out there with all the CHL graduates playing in it and you know it was very competitive hockey over my time there it was uh, not only the program but our team the last year we had a very good team and had a good playoff run. Ended up making it to the, the national championships in, in Saskatoon and ended up winning some games against some pretty high-seeded universities, which was a was a really neat experience. But uh, program itself, you know, it was got me ready for for the sport industry. You know, it didn't really didn't really prepare me for the X's and O's of hockey, which I was getting off the ice. But you know, from an administrative side, I felt like the program really did prepare me for for entering the workforce and. Uh, when I did enter the workforce, I was ready for it. I think that's a good point to make. Anytime you go into something around sports uh, or sports business program, it really doesn't teach you maybe the, the inside of the locker room or the front office kind of thing, but it does really prepare you for business and working with people. And I think that's why a lot of these programs really strive in and, and are successful in, in helping people, you know, work to that next step. And then if you're a player and, and getting that education on the other side, it's uh, it can really be paired and, uh, you know, be beneficial down the road, especially if you want to work in the game, which you ultimately did. So the next position I want to talk about is your time with the Ottawa Senators and the opportunity to work in business operations at the NHL level. 
how did you find yourself working with the Senators? And maybe just talk about the experience of, uh, you know, diving into the NHL, albeit on the business side. Yeah, when my time came off of Waterloo, I was, I was done and I was contemplating trying to maybe potentially go play a fifth year as you have five years of eligibility and uh, Canadian University hockey. And I'd been talking to UNB a bit and was really interested in maybe going to do my master's in sport and been there. But uh, I ended up applying for a bunch of jobs kind of before the end of the hockey season and ended up getting an internship with the Ottawa Senators in the marketing, marketing department for the summer. So I uh, went to Ottawa and started that job. And about a month in, uh, actually, the rink had got bought by Canadian Tire Center. Canadian Tire and they're going to rename it to the Canadian Tire Center so they needed some extra staff to help with the changeover and that so then that's when I was hired on full-time in the marketing department and really got to uh, you know get my feet wet in the business side of, of hockey and uh, you know start my career out. It's, uh, it's really great to hear whenever you can get an opportunity like that and a lot of times in an internship the expectation is there that maybe you'll learn while you're there but Ultimately, a position might not be the next step with that organization, especially in, in hockey. That can be the case a lot of times, and sometimes it just takes the right fit. But for you, you were able to turn that you know opportunity into a full-time position and, and really get some great experience uh, you know, working at a, in a high-level organization. Moving into the next role here, you would spend some time at the WHL head office as the director of hockey operations. Maybe walk us through the process of making that transition back into the WHL and just speak about, you know, a little bit about that role and uh, how you enjoyed your time there. Yeah, you know, kind of when I was working in Ottawa, you know, when I was in school, I didn't, I really didn't know if I wanted to work on the hockey side or the business side. And I was really open to working on the business side. Not that none of these other jobs are not business, it still is, but, you know, it's, they're, they're more of admit hockey administrative roles now that I'm in. But when I was in that role in Ottawa, you know, I kind of got that hunger back to wanting to be a little bit more involved on the player side and, and try to, you know, see if I could work my way up the ranks on the actual hockey admin side. And uh, the job opening came open at the Western League. And I had always kept in touch with uh, the late Jim Don Levy, who was the education advisor for the Western Hockey League for many years and, and told Jim, you know, I'd love to love to put my name in the hat for the role. And he passed, you know, that along to the commissioner, Ron Robinson, and VP of Hockey Ops there, Rick Dirksen, and eventually found myself in Calgary having a job interview and getting an offer to, to come in and do that role for the league. And, you know, that was kind of my first step back into the, the hockey world and the hockey administrative world that uh, has eventually got me to this point now here today. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point to, to make about having those connections and how key that can be. And um, you know, having somebody that can put your name in there and vouch for you is beneficial, but it's also a big decision on your part because as many people know, hockey operations, it's, it's not an easy industry to break into. And uh, you know, the, the number of jobs definitely are limited in that just because, you know, it is kind of a, a small industry in a sense, and a lot of people want those jobs. So a big situation and, and a, you know, a pretty big chance for you to move from a business role with Ottawa and, and into that role. But Obviously, it was something you were passionate about. And, uh, you know, whenever you have that kind of passion attached to something, you should definitely strive for it. It's part of the advice, you know, when people ask, you know, give it, give advice on the industry, how to break into the industry, how to, how to move up into roles and that. And, you know, one of the biggest things about breaking into the industry is having is, is being flexible to be able to move. And, you know, for everybody, that's not, you know, that's, that's not a reality. And it's, it's the hockey business is, you know, to say that we're all in one city for, for the rest of our lives. I think I'm on city number nine now, 
for my my playing career to to work in here so having that flexibility and and sometimes having to make those tough decisions I mean I know a lot of people are away from their families a lot and I know when I left Ottawa I left my girlfriend back who's now my wife but we lived apart for about a year and a half so there's there's definitely tough decisions that have to be made along the way and you have to have that flexibility I think at the end of the day if you you want to try to work your way up the ranks yeah that flexibility really is underrated in a lot of times and definitely having a, a partner or somebody that's willing to, uh, you know, make those sacrifices go a long way as well. So looking at the WHL and league operations and director of hockey operations, which was your role, uh, you know, it could be a lot different than working with a team. And uh, Greg Thompson, who was on the podcast before, talked about the difference in working in a league and a team setting. For you, having done both, maybe just talk about the difference in working with that league and maybe run us through a typical week in that role uh, kind of in your position. Yeah, well, I think the biggest the biggest difference between working for a team and working for the league is you, when you work for the league, you essentially work for all 22 teams and in that league. And when you work for when you work for a team itself, you know, you work for that team and you're you're a little bit selfish towards your own team. Whereas when you're working for the league, you're you're there for all 22 teams and you're by unbiased to your opinions um, when you're doing something for the league. And, you know, that role at the league was a amazing networking role, um, amazing role to see players develop and really learn about player development from players, especially players at a young age and developing into junior hockey and just seeing how they climb from, you know, 16 to 20 years old in the league and how they truly do develop over that course of time. Um, that role had a lot of different areas to it. I mean, you're running prospect combine camps across Western Canada. You know, you're helping teams with, uh, creating player databases for the draft and assisting with the draft process from the league level, um, dealing with player support programs for the league, a lot of different areas of a lot of different areas and a lot of programs that we do for our players from, you know, Canadian mental health to Red Cross programs um, to player impact police programs. So it's a pretty vast portfolio, um, but, but one where, you get to network with pretty much every minor hockey association in Western Canada, you know, Hockey Canada, NHL scouts, WHL scouts, you know, you really get to talk to pretty much everybody in that role, which is an amazing opportunity for somebody trying to work their way up in the game. Yeah, definitely. I think anytime you can network with a, with the high level people within an organization like that, it's an opportunity that you want to take and really you never know how those conversations are going to go or what they'll lead to in the future. And, continuing forward with your career you would spend your, some time as a scout with the Chicago Blackhawks uh, following your time in the WHL maybe break down how you made your way into the Blackhawks organization on the hockey side and what you learned uh, in that role scouting with the uh, one of the original six NHL franchise yeah again you know I, I was working for the league for about four years and I started to get that itch and you know I wanted to wanted to try to go back and work for a team and you know have have that passion towards wins and losses, try to help win and help grow an organization to, you know, winning a championship. And I worked with a guy at the Western Hockey League office. His name was Daryl May and he managed our entire pro combine program. And his dad scouted for the Chicago Blackhawks, Dale May Sr. Um, and at that time, you know, I, I had heard that they were, well, through talking with Daryl in the office, that they were looking for a, for a new scout. And I think Chicago was, was open to bringing in a, a young person to do the job and somebody they could train and, and teach how to do it the way that they like to do it in Chicago. And, you know, again, I found myself uh, talking to Daryl on the phone and then all of a sudden, next thing I know it, I was, 
in, in Chicago getting interviewed by, you know, Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac. And so it went pretty quick, but uh, pretty neat experience. And, you know, probably one of more, the more intimidating job interviews that I've ever been a part of just from the, you know, the, 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 the nature of those hockey executives and actually getting to the point where you're in a room with those guys and, and talking about getting a job for their club. So, but a, but a neat experience that I look back on. Yeah, it, it can be a surreal moment, you know, walking into a, a room with Stan Bowman and, and some of these top level scouts who, uh, you know, I've had success, especially with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, you know, during their Stanley Cup parade there for a few years, there was a lot of uh, different players coming in from the organization's late round picks to their early round picks. So, you know, anytime you can learn from those people and, and have the opportunity to even challenge for, for a position with an organization, I think it's a learning experience, even if you're not in the role ultimately, but you were able to make that work and, and get in there and, you know, really learn a lot during your time with the Blackhawks and, and that organization overall. Yeah. And, you know, like, honestly, when I took that job, I thought it was something I was going to do for, for a long time. I was pretty satisfied. Like at that point, I was like, holy smokes, I'm working for one of the premier franchises in the NHL. And, you know, this is a dream job. And so I was there for a pretty short amount of time where I thought I was going to be there longer. And, uh, you know, that first year I was all ears. I was primarily this listening, trying to learn as much as I could, added my input on players, obviously from Western Canada, but it was a, it was a really neat opportunity to just see how an elite organization at that level operates. And uh, I took a lot of knowledge away from that. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of times in that first year role, that really is your, your main objective, just to be a fly on the wall, give your opinion uh, where possible, but understand that there's a lot to learn. And, and when you do it the right way, I think you can really benefit from that learning experience. And, uh, you know, moving forward, you could really apply it in, in, with that team or in future positions. Today, your current role is general manager and president of hockey operations with the Edmonton Oil Kings. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good role for WHL level. And, and you likely have a lot of say in the organization and, and some of the day-to-day tasks. So talk about how you eventually got to Edmonton and walked through that role and, and some of the things that you deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. I remember I was, I was scouting with Chicago and I was in, I had been, I was meeting my boss, Mark Kelly, who's the, obviously the VP of scouting for the Blackhawks. And he was coming into Spokane to watch Ty Smith play. And we were going there to watch him play two games in Spokane. And, you know, when he had got there, he had asked me, he's like, hey, have you ever talked to anybody in the Western League about being a GM? I said, you know, not really anytime recently. I had some conversations back in the day, you know, that is something I wanted, would want to aspire to be, but I hadn't really been putting any feelers out there or anything. And, you know, at that time he had informed me that uh, the Oilers and had reached out to uh, Chicago and said, Hey, do you think uh, Kurt would be interested in maybe having an interview to interview for the GM job? And, you know, when your boss tells you that and you're working for an NHL team, you got to get taken back a little bit like, well, I don't want to, I don't know if I should be doing this or not, but uh, Chicago really encouraged me that they thought it was a great opportunity. And, you know, at that point in, in my life to potentially go in for an interview and see what it's all about to be a GM in the Western League is a pretty, pretty amazing experience. So they were very supportive of it and uh, pushed me to go into Edmonton for the interview. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uh, quick turnaround for you. And, you know, you, you never really know, like you said, what to say in those positions because at the same time, you're very dedicated to a team like the Blackhawks and, you want to show your your support and your interest in the team, but definitely a big opportunity to move into Edmonton and, and work in that general manager role. 
maybe just walk us through your time there, maybe even just the first year uh, specifically, some of the learning curves that you, uh, you know, you dealt with in that early stage and just how you've enjoyed your experience there overall. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, once I got through that interview process, you know, speaking with, at the time, Peter Shirelli, Bob Nicholson, Keith Gretzky were kind of the guys I went through that process with. I ended up obviously getting the position and, you know, I was coming into an organization that had had a couple tough years in a row and I just needed a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a new identity, a little, little bit of a changeover. And, you know, at the same time, it was a good position you was coming into as the organization was was in good shape from a draft pick perspective. I mean, we had coming into the role like the first overall pick in the in the Bantam draft where we picked Dylan Gunther, who I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with now coming into the NHL draft this year. But, you know, from a prospect standpoint, pick standpoint, uh, the organization was in a good was in a good place. And, you know, that first year in getting there, it was, you know, just trying to get those players, you know, well, my most important thing was hiring a good coach. And, uh, you know, not to say that the old coaching staff was, we're bad coaches by any means. They're great coaches too, but it's, they just needed a new voice, a new, a new path to go after a few tough years. And that's where, you know, I hired Brad Lauer, which I think has really put a good uh, culture into our dressing room and our players. Um, and yeah, from there, you know, it was just really about building that identity of our team. What do we want to be? How do we want to play? And, you know, that's what Brad and I and the entire coaching staff here and, training staff, business staff have worked on just bringing that new identity to the group and running with it. And, you know, we've had a, two successful years and moving into a third year now is pretty exciting from that standpoint. Yeah, most definitely. And, and it's, I think that's a really uh, important thing to do as a general manager or anybody coming in in a management role is just making sure that you set the tone within the organization. And like you said, working on getting the, the proper coaches that you felt were necessary at the time and, and building around a player like Dylan Gunther, who, you know, is a pretty elite player for that age group and, and really working on your positives within an organization and, and building it from the inside out. Moving into, you know, maybe looking at the inside of the organization, I think the Edmonton Oil Kings are, are a team with a pretty good fan base and, and a lot of support outside as well. Maybe for those who aren't as familiar with the, the surrounding area and, and the city of Edmonton, Maybe just talk about the fan base and support that you've seen for the organization since joining the team. Well, the fan support for junior hockey in Edmonton is amazing. I mean, we, you know, our, our organization has led the CHL or, you know, is in the top five in the CHL every year for attendance. Uh, obviously, with us being owned by the Edmonton Oilers and being a part of Oilers Entertainment Group, we get the, the luxury of playing in Rogers Place, which is a... Uh, it's a big building for anybody who hasn't been there. It's 10,000 seat lower bowl. So when you see that, when you see that bowl full for junior hockey games, and you know, there's a couple games throughout the year where we sell the entire building out. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, the support that we get here in Edmonton and uh, you know, our players are very fortunate to be able to not only play uh, in an amazing, one of the best buildings in the world, but be supported by so many great fans here. I haven't been there myself, but uh, anytime you can you can pack ten thousand into a junior arena or more, like you said, it's uh, it's pretty impressive to see that support. And um, you know, it stems from the organization being involved with the Oilers and and having those ties as well. You likely get a lot of uh, you know fans supporting both teams. But it's really good to see anytime that there's a support for junior hockey, and I think that's something that uh, we're hoping to see across the board here. You know, from coast to coast as we continue to, to move through the industry. 
you know, working in roles in both the NHL in, in business and hockey operations, you know, having those experience, how has that changed your approach to your position in junior hockey, maybe from what you would have expected even as a player? Yeah, you know, one of the biggest things I took from all those roles was just the communication aspect and, you know, just seeing how different organization operated from a communication standpoint and, you know, just seeing good teams that I was on and how they communicated. It was probably the biggest thing that I wanted to bring with me. You know, I wanted to bring an environment where everybody's voice mattered. You know, I wanted everybody to be included in meetings. I want all of our staff, all of our support staff to feel like they're welcome. And, you know, that's the environment that we have in Edmonton. You know, it's just not, no one's just sitting in their area doing only their job. Everybody collaborates together and we all chip into doing everything. And, you know, when we make a decision, we make a group decision. And I think having that open communication and giving everybody a voice is, has really helped our group here be successful. Yeah, definitely. It's uh it really helps having that communication and even being in, in teams like junior B uh, to, you know, the ECHL is probably the, the pro stop that I had there for a little while. It's uh, you can see when a team has that communication, they're successful. And, and oftentimes uh, the on ice results, uh, you know, positively because of that communication throughout and you can be coaching staff and your players, but also throughout the front office as well. When that communication is, is proper and everything's going well, you can have a lot of, group conversations and learn a lot through those interactions. And the people at my hockey resource think the same way. They're a community on discord and they have people all the way from junior hockey to the NHL and, and everything from the minor hockey to professional ranks. So a lot of people talking about books, articles, podcasts, different resources, and just looking to learn day in and day out. So for anybody listening, be sure to check out my hockey resource on Twitter and Instagram for more information. Kurt, for you, you've been able to meet a lot of people and have those conversations, but maybe looking at books and different things like that, what are some of your favorite resources to look into for reference? You know, well, we have a sport performance coach that works with our team and he gives me lots of different things. You know, we, you know, a lot of it's through dialogue. I, I like to, I like to read, but I also like to just have conversations with people in other, in other fields. And our sports performance coach always encourages, you know, to, for you to have those conversations with, you know, whether it be somebody that coaches a pro soccer team, somebody that coaches a pro football team, I find I take a lot of pride in learning about other sports and understanding what they do and trying to bring that back over. And then, you know, a couple books that I've read more recently, uh, Captain's Class was a was a great book on, you know, fundamentals of leadership and how to pick, you know, how to identify great leaders within your group and how to how to pick those and pick the ones that are going to be most effective for your team. Um, so that was that was a really good one that I've read recently. And I just started the Brian Burke book now too. And I've heard a lot of good things about that from, you know, getting a little perspective about, you know, a life as a GM in the NHL. And I just started that and it's been, it's been really good so far. So a couple that uh, I've been around recently anyways. Yeah. There's uh, there's so many different resources out there, but I like the point that you made about learning from different sports and, and just learning from people outside of the game, because there's so many different things as we say, know pretty repetitively on the podcast you know you can take things from other sports and other people and and bring it back in the, into the game and see so many results as a you know because of doing that so uh, a few great points to make there i think uh, you know answering that question with those conversations that you said that you'd like to have you've likely learned a lot and and some of those people you may even consider mentors whether they're peer mentors or people who walked you through uh, in the game and taught you things along the way maybe just reiterate some of those people, some of those key mentors and what are some of the major lessons that they taught you collectively? 
Yeah, you know, I, looking back, I got a lot of great mentors. I mean, from my time playing in the league, I mean, when I was when I was young and 16 entering the league, uh, Bruce Hamilton was my GM in Kelowna, and he's been somebody that I've I've always kept in touch with, and he's done a tremendous job with the Kelowna Rockets in our league, and somebody that I looked up to growing up. Uh, you know, Kelly McCrimmon is another one. I'm from Winnipeg, so the closest junior hockey team to me growing up was the Brandon Wheat Kings, and you know, getting to be around the league when he was in Brandon and, and seeing how he's kind of now obviously gone on to do incredible things with Vegas is, you know, another guy that I look up to a lot. Uh, my time at the league office, you know, Ron Robinson, Rick Dirksen are guys that I learned a lot about, you know, from working for a league aspect and a league entity. And those guys were obviously working there for four years when I was quite young in my career were guys that helped me with a lot of different areas and going to Chicago and getting to learn from Mark Kelly, the, and my and my direct boss, I guess, here in the West, Daryl May. Those guys taught me, you know, a lot about the, the ins and outs of scouting and really how to evaluate players at it from a junior level to a pro level. And, you know, just got to have an incredible journey there, obviously, joining an NHL organization. And those guys were, were huge mentors to me that year. And, you know, now in Edmonton, when I got hired, you know, Peter Shirelli was around and I got time to talk to him. And now we got Ken Holland here, so you can spitball ideas off. But, you know, primarily here, I got Bob Nicholson and, and Kevin Lowe from a mentorship standpoint. And, and those guys, and Kevin Lowe, obviously, with his famous career and going into the Hockey Hall of Fame, he's our, our team governor. So always getting to spitball ideas off him or, or Bob Nicholson with his long history with Hockey Canada. Um, and now with the Edmonton Oilers, you know, those are, those are guys that have seen a lot in this world. And I, I, I try to learn as much as I can from those guys every day. Yeah, it's a great approach when you uh, when you have those people to reference and, and, you know, really use them and ask them questions and, and lean on them. Because, like you said, people like Ken Holland and Kevin Lowe and, and Bob Nicholson, they've they've uh, you know, they put in the time in the game and uh, both, you know, some of them as players as well. It's just uh, remarkable to hear that you have that many resources really within reach at on a daily basis. So great to hear that you had those mentors who were able to help you throughout your career pretty much at every level and then also guide you uh, to the role you are today. Giving back in that same sense, maybe providing some mentorship to people who are looking to break into the industry, or maybe even talking to yourself when you're looking to enter Waterloo, what's one piece of advice that you would have for someone looking to enter hockey operations and in hopes that they would be successful? Yeah, you know, the one thing I referred to earlier, again, the, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hard role and you a hard path and you got to make sure that you're out there and you're hitting the pavement at the end of the day. You're, you got to make as, as many contacts as you can. Networking is probably the, the biggest thing for getting your, your foot in the door and getting into an organization and then, and then working your way up. It's those relationships that you've built and you've made. And again, that flexibility of, of being able to move, you know, it's, if you live in a specific city, it's, it's always nice to think that the ideal job for the ideal team is going to work out. But, you know, a lot of the times the, the job that opens up is 2000 miles away and you, you got to make a decision in life to, be flexible and, and make some of those hard decisions that if it's something you really want to do, you, you're willing to make those decisions. So those would be a couple of the, a couple of the main points that I think uh, points of advice that I would give people. Yeah. Really good advice there. And, and like you said, that flexibility and willingness to make that step that a lot of people won't make is uh, is a difference in being successful in a lot of cases. So uh, something to definitely live by. And if you want to be successful in the industry, just, have that in your back pocket because you never really know where those opportunities are going to come. And, and when they do eventually present themselves, you have to think fast or, or somebody else is coming behind you. So Kurt, I think that's a great way to end the interview. I think you did a lot of, uh, a lot of explanation here on some of your experiences and 
and gave some great insight uh, for people both in Edmonton and also listening from you know North America and Europe and really all over the world. So I'd like to thank you once again for taking some time out of your day. And, uh, you know, I know the WHL is getting started here shortly. So uh, I just wish you all the best moving forward and wish you all the best with the season. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, all the best to you as well. All right. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks. I'd like to thank Kurt for coming on the podcast and going over his career path while providing some behind-the-scenes views of the industry in both the business and hockey operations fields, while also highlighting aspects in both the team and league setting. If you would like to get in touch with Kurt to learn about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact Podcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Michael Lawrence, goalie coach with H.C. Lugano. Michael's interview was a fun one with a ton of goalie talk, and I guarantee it is one that you will not want to miss out on. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for continually listening to the podcast and for providing your feedback day in and day out. We just started our website, and we are still moving forward with the Hockey Minds Conference, so expect a lot more coming your way in the near future. As always, stay safe, and all the best. (music) 